Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Conair is spreading love and celebrating women, not just on International Women's Day, but every day with Conair Girl Bomb. Girl Bomb is their new line of powerful hair removal tools made just for us. Yeah. Whether it's the silky smooth skin or the empowering confidence boost you get, Conair Girl Bomb is here to amp up those positive vibes with some self care. So, to all the beautiful women out there, keep shining, keep being you, and treat yourself to some Conair Girl Bomb magic. You deserve it. Available at Walgreens. Take it from me, being a woman online isn't always fun. Sometimes it get trolls, stalkers, and harassers. That's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter nogirls at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash nogirls. And we'll see you on the internet. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. So real quick before we get started, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to all of our listeners around the world. And I wanted to let y'all know that I am spending most of my July in Portugal. I've never been to Portugal before and I am beyond excited. And I know we have listeners in Portugal. So if you're listening in Portugal and you have a recommendation of something I just have to know about or have to check out while I'm there, please let me know. And if you are a listener and you want to maybe do an event or a live show or a meetup while I'm in Portugal, please reach out and maybe we can try to make it happen. There Are No Girls on the Internet is a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. I'm Bridget Todd, and this is There Are No Girls on the Internet. So this week, we did the first part of our two-part series looking at the claim that Lena Dunham sexually abused her sibling. Episode one was all about the claim, where it came from, and the cultural climate that fueled it. Next week, we're looking more into the context. And one of my main reasons for wanting to talk about this issue is because I think it really shows what happens when lies, misleading, or inaccurate information is injected into conversations about what are really serious issues. You know, we're not even really able to have a real conversation about what actually happened because it gets so muddled with the lies. And it's a problem. And this all really reminded me of an episode we did with Michael Hobbs, formerly of one of my favorite podcasts, You're Wrong About all about how the topic of trafficking has kind of suffered from the same thing. So let's listen in. You're listening to Disinformed, a mini-series from There Are No Girls on the Internet. I'm Bridget Todd. 
bad guys are coming. They're coming for you and they're coming for your kids. If you spend any time on social media in the last few years, you've probably heard some version of a story like that. Strangers are waiting, lurking, generally in the parking lot or the aisles of a big box store like Target. And they're hunting down women and their children to snatch them up in broad daylight for trafficking. This is not new at all. I definitely grew up hearing horror stories, like the one about the woman driver terrified by a man tailgating her and flashing her high beams at night. But he's actually just trying to warn her that a man is in her backseat waiting to strike. Those stories definitely made a big impression on me. But instead of them just being passed around in homeroom, add-in social media and stories like this can spread to peak virality online. Stories like these are especially common on social media. Just search the hashtag sex trafficking awareness on TikTok and you'll find thousands of women making videos about how traffickers tied a ribbon or a zip tie to their car to mark them as a victim. Or how a van parked too close to them in a parking lot and it was a near miss for a trafficking attempt. The only issue is, this kind of trafficking, where someone is snatched by a stranger in a public place, is exceedingly rare. Yet videos like these often go viral on social media, leading to the impression that women should be afraid anytime they leave their homes to go to the store. In this two-part episode, we'll explore the roots of online panics around trafficking, why they're so dangerous, and hear from two people who are fighting back with facts. The podcast You're Wrong About is kind of a gold standard for revisiting moral panics and debunking the commonly held beliefs that led to them. Hosts Michael Hobbs and Sarah Marshall have found that in many ways, we're basically just doing a Mad Libs where the blank is filled with some kind of boogeyman society can blame at times when people are feeling anxious or scared. Like the satanic panic of the 80s and 90s, where parents were horrified that satanic cults were ritualistically abusing children. Only that was never really happening. Basically, there is always some big scary threat that we need to be watching out for. My name is Michael Hobbs. I'm the co-host of a podcast called You're Wrong About and another podcast called Maintenance Phase. So online, I find that so many conversations about big complex issues, things like trafficking or homelessness, are really dominated by people who don't really know what they're talking about and who are either spreading bad information intentionally or unintentionally. When you started making your wrong about, were y'all setting out to give people the tools to push back against this kind of bad information? No, like this, <laughs> this was completely accidental. We had no idea when we started that we would find out that America keeps having the same moral panic over and over again. This was not something that we thought, you know, it's all the same thing. It's like a tide that comes in and out. You know, the satanic panic is always with us. QAnon is always with us. We had no idea that we would come up with that. It's just sort of we, we research sort of debunkable episodes in history. And when you start debunking them, you're like an hour or two into the research. And you're like, oh, it's this one again. Oh, we're going to do the thing where they're like strangers coming to get your kids, right? Or there's some societal outgroup, right? Like homeless people, like trans people, like sex offenders that we don't like. And we're going to project this extreme power onto them. We're going to project this extreme rapaciousness onto them. There's millions of them. You know, they're coming to the border. They're trying to steal your kids and get them into street gangs. I mean, it's, it's like this Mad Libs where you can just throw in like, okay, which societal outgroup is it going to be? What are they doing to our kids today? Like it's, it's over and over again, the same thing. So we've both, me and my co-host Sarah Marshall, have become these like accidental, insufferable debunkers where we're like, nope, same one. We're doing this again, guys. Like, let's calm it down. We've done this seven times before. So in my research around disinformation, particularly like false panics around things that are rooted in people's identity. So whether it's trans folks, queer folks, 
you know, immigrants. It is always sort of the same thing. Like, I feel right now we're seeing all of this legislation sort of meant to make you think as if trans children are like running the world. Like oh, trans yeah. children are the biggest threat to your kids. Totally. And they're and, and it's the same tropes, right? It's they're coming for your kids. They're recruiting your kids. Like this is the same thing that Anita Bryant said about gay people in the 1970s and the 1980s. Like we're just running exactly the same playbook. Anita Bryant was a singer and beauty queen who famously led the Save Our Children campaign that attempted to save children by cracking down on gay people having rights. And we're just mad libbing in a new societal outgroup. Absolutely. So, I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, I read a bunch of books about the Black Plague just out of like more just out of like morbid curiosity. And, you know, what you find in these old panics, you know, these times of societal anxiety, you had some of the biggest pogroms against Jews in Europe in history. Right. It was like there's this big thing that we can't explain. There's all of these anxieties. People are dying all around me. Who can we blame? Like, we don't want to look at any existing societal structures. We don't want to look at something that's just difficult for us to explain. It's sort of out of our scientific knowledge. So uh, there's this group here that seems sort of shifty and we don't really like them. Let's blame them and kill a bunch of them. It's like these, these things are old, ancient human impulses. And they're very difficult to see at the time. But zooming out a little bit, you're like, oh, no, this is just what happens during times of anxiety. And isn't the perfect recipe for a very anxious society a global pandemic? It's probably not a coincidence that as COVID worsened, we saw more and more content about QAnon and Save the Children, purporting to save kids from some perceived danger lurking out in the world. Why do you think right now, this specific moment in politics and culture, why are we seeing this resurgence of panic around sex trafficking and trafficking, do you think? I mean, it's hard to say exactly. I think... You know, this this really hit its peak last summer, all of this QAnon, hashtag save the children stuff. And it really seems like there was a moment where, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Information was all over the place, right? Like, remember, we didn't like, are we wearing masks? Are we not wearing masks? Some states are in lockdown. Some states are aggressively not in lockdown. It was just this time where nobody really knew what was going on. And there's some research that indicates that sort of at times when you're really angry, you search for information that reinforces your worldview. And at times when you're really anxious, you are more open to information that doesn't reinforce your worldview. So all, so all summer, everybody's inside. We're all on our phones. There's nothing else to do. We're looking at the internet. And all of a sudden you have people whose minds are a little bit more open to things like, well, maybe the real danger to children isn't COVID. Maybe it's actually these, you know, white van driving traffickers who come from other countries and they're going to kidnap my kids and take them abroad or these 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 narratives that just make no sense. Right. And, you know, at the heart of it, the little seed in the middle of it was this insane QAnon stuff. Right. Where it's like adrenochrome and like Hillary Clinton is like cutting the faces off of baby, like completely nuts stuff. But there's enough sort of plausible deniability around that that you can very easily say, well, I care about children. And so what's the harm of sharing this little meme? Like, what's the harm of taking this little thing on Facebook that says, you know, infamously, there was one that said that children are thousands of times more likely to die of trafficking than of COVID. And so it feels, you know, and it was in like the, the Instagram aesthetic, right, where it's got like the little logo and it's in pink and it's very shareable. And it's like, well, what's the harm? Like, I might as well share that, you know, if it helps save a kid or two, then I'm doing something good. And that's some sort of that's a feeling of certainty in the world, right? But nobody thinks about what it does to reinforce these just deranged myths 
that aren't helping children. They're not helping non-children. They're not helping anybody. But it's it's easy to forget that when you're like, well, what's the harm of sharing this? And then all of a sudden, these bananas memes start just bouncing around the internet for months. Yeah, I think, honestly, listening to You're Wrong About was something that really helped make that transition for me. Because, you know, for a while, I'd be like, well, if this person thinks it's going to do some good to share this untrue meme on their Facebook page about trafficking or about children, who is it hurting? Now I've come to see that, okay, well, if we overemphasize the risks of little kids being like snatched up or things like that, what are we under, what are we underemphasizing? You know, kids like youth who are facing homelessness, youth who are are put in precarious or, you know, bad or dangerous situations, things Mm -hmm. that are much more common. Like if we focus on this big, scary thing that isn't happening, all of the things that actually are happening, we're just taking attention away from that. Right. And there's also this retributive aspect, too, where a lot of those memes that went around were about sort of catching the pedophiles, catching the traffickers. You know, we have to find the evil people and we have to root them out of our society. And that's not where the threats to children come from. The threats to children are primarily in the family. A lot of it is things like homelessness. There's very few youth homeless shelters in most cities in America. There's also a completely broken foster care system. So when you look at things like the sort of missing and exploited child hotline, 80% of the calls are coming from foster care. So when we talk about trafficking, we're mostly talking about runaways. We're mostly talking about kids who are abused at home, abused in foster care. They're queer. They're trans. They need a place to stay. They don't need somebody else to go to jail forever. And when we're sharing these memes that are sort of blaming all of these societal problems on these societal others that we already don't like or are a little bit wary of anyway, all we're really doing is contributing to these retributive solutions which do not make children safer. Yeah. And I also think it does kind of come down to what you were talking about before, this idea of like wanting to catch the bad guys. That's so much more exciting and fun than, oh, we need to confront some of these systemic ills in our society that allow for already marginalized people to fall through the cracks. That's boring. It's so much more fun to be like, yeah, I'm going to track down these bad guys. Let's take a quick break. Hey ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girlbomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girlbomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is so important. With Conair Girlbomb's ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, we're reclaiming our self-care journey with precision and power. The kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. 
Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. Okay, so I love the internet, but if you listen to this podcast, I probably don't need to tell you that it can come with a lot of very serious privacy concerns. The sad truth is being a traditionally marginalized person online or being an activist or even just somebody who sticks up for what you believe in means having to worry about what kind of information is online out there about us. It's something I think about a lot. And that's why I personally use and recommend Delete Me. Sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special discount for our listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and use promo code nogirls at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash nogirls and enter nogirls at checkout, J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash nogirls, and we'll see you on the internet. Like Donna and Tom from the Pawnee Parks Department, I love to treat myself, mimosas, massages, fine leather goods, all of it. And treating myself does not end when it comes to taking care of my health and body. So if you treat yourself to the top options with everything in life like I do, why settle when finding a doctor? It is your health after all. Enter ZocDoc, the place where you can find and book tens of thousands of top-tier doctors, all with verified patient reviews. So don't settle. Go for the best and find the right doctor for you. With ZocDoc, you've got more options than you know. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more waiting awkwardly on hold with a receptionist. And these docs all have verified reviews from actual real patients. We're talking about booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated patient-reviewed credible doctors and specialists. You can filter specifically for ones who take your insurance, are located near you, and treat basically any condition you're searching for. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is just between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even score same-day appointments. Listen, I have been using ZocDoc for years, even before they asked me to make this ad, and you should too. Go to ZocDoc.com slash nogirls and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash no girls. ZocDoc.com slash no girls. And we're back. An Instagram video made by mom influencer Katie Sorensen, where she said that two strangers tried to kidnap her kids in a Michael's craft store in California, got over two million views. Monday of this week, my children were the targets of attempted kidnap which is such a weird thing to even vocalize, Um, but it happened. Um, And I want to share that story with you in an effort to raise awareness as to what signs to look for and to just encourage parents to be more aware of their surroundings and what is going on around them. Sorensen said that she overheard the couple making comments about her kid's appearance and the man even tried to grab at her child's stroller. But when the couple saw their picture being posted on Save the Children forums online, in connection with an attempted kidnapping, They came forward to deny any wrongdoing and cooperated with the police investigation. Grandparents themselves, they said they had just been discussing their own grandkids, not Sorensen's kids. Their daughter says Sorensen's allegations were racially motivated because her parents are Latino. Police cleared the couple of any wrongdoing and closed the case. And Sorensen says that she shared her story just to warn other parents to remain vigilant. But this is a great example of why sharing stories just for awareness is not always a helpful thing to do. 
It also overemphasizes the idea that white kids are at risk for being kidnapped by strangers from public places in affluent suburbs, which when it comes to trafficking is exceedingly rare, while de-emphasizing that the existing threats out there are much more likely to be family members or trusted community members preying on vulnerable people, and that those targeted are more often than not marginalized youth, queer kids or trans kids, or kids facing poverty or homelessness. Like someone who's kidnapping children and taking them across state lines and keeping them in motel rooms and forcing them to have sex with people, which almost doesn't exist. I mean, the, the number of confirmed cases of that, you can almost count on one or two hands. It's extremely rare. Kids are running away from home. They don't have a place to stay. They don't feel safe where they're sleeping. They end up sleeping on the streets. Somebody pulls up in a car and says, I'll give you a place to stay tonight if you have sex with me. Like, that is something, it's called survival sex. It is a very well-known phenomenon. It is a huge problem. And the way that you solve it isn't by putting anybody in jail. No. It's having a phone number for those kids to call, and a van comes and picks them up and takes them somewhere safe. And we've known this forever, and we're not doing anything about it. And so that's less memeable. That's less sort of satisfying to share online. But it's like, we just need more places for kids to go who need somewhere to sleep. Like, that's it. Absolutely. And I think you make a good point that the people who are often targeted for this kind of thing are queer kids, trans kids, youth of color, black youth. And I think it's so interesting that if you spend any time scrolling TikTok, the people who are taking up the most space in terms of talking about the risk that trafficking poses are white women, you know, suburban white women. And so I can't help but see this real disconnect in terms of who is actually the target and the actual person who is harmed by this and the people yeah. who are talking about it and making the most content about it and sort of like yeah. scaring people about it. What, what do you think is going on there? I will just say for the record, no one is doing zip ties on your car at Target. No one is hiding under your car to cut your ankle with a razor blade. I mean, the minute you Google or even like you don't even have to Google. You just have to think about these things. Does it make sense to lie down underneath somebody's car for hours and wait for them with like a razor blade in your hand and then slice their Achilles heel? Like that's not a fun or smart thing to do for somebody who wants to try to kill you. Right. So. All of these kinds of stories, it's just, it's very important to just say, like, on their face, stuff like this really doesn't happen very much. We know that the primary risks to women are from their partners and from their dads. And if you're somebody younger, it's like a soccer coach or somebody in power, right? It's like a weird scout leader who's asking you to stay over at his house the night before one of these camping trips. Like, these are... These are the threats to people and to children, and they're mostly from people who have enough societal power that you don't trust your gut. Mm. So one of the things you find in a lot of these stories is parents will say, well, you know, we thought it was a little bit weird that, you know, the priest asked our son to sleep over, but, you know, he's a priest. How could he ever, you know, how could he ever harm our son? He's a priest. Like, this felt weird to us, but, you know, he has this sort of societally bestowed power that makes us not trust our gut. Like, this is what power does. And so... The thing that we need to look for are places where we have power in society and we don't have accountability. And we already have so much accountability. Like, I I don't want to imply that, like, there's no such thing as somebody in a white van who's kidnapping kids, whatever. But it's much more common for someone to abuse the trust of children and and especially abuse the trust of marginalized children, right? Because if you don't feel safe at home, you might turn to a soccer coach as somebody to talk to, as somebody who feels safe, even though they aren't, right? This is the the process of sort of making somebody unsafe and physically threatening somebody often does come down to tricking them 
and looking for these elements of marginalization that and looking for these aspects of marginalization that make them easier to trick. So at every level, it's the vulnerable kids. It's finding the vulnerable kids and giving them actual safe places to go and safe adults to actually talk to about this stuff. Mm -hmm. So again, boring, but <laughs> like that's that's not something that you can see in Target, but it's this is what society needs and it's what we've needed for decades. And we're just not doing. More after a quick break. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. The RTP Heart Health Squad will support you in protecting your mental health and overall well-being. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. As we celebrate International Women's Day and all the strides we've made, let's also take a moment to reflect on something important, the future of our self-care. You see, for too long, we've compromised on things that matter most, us, but not anymore. New Conair Bomb is helping us embrace a new era of self-care and self-love. Girlbomb represents a groundbreaking line of hair removal tools specifically designed for women. From the smoothest shave to the most precise trim, Conair Girlbomb is all about making you feel empowered, confident, and unapologetically you. Whether it's creating a hype playlist, throwing yourself into a hobby, or scheduling some me time, self-care is so important. With Conair Girlbomb's ultimate Girlbomb grip and professional-grade blades, we're reclaiming our self-care journey with precision and power, the kind we used to only get from men's tools. So head to Walgreens today and treat yourself to a little Conair Girl Bomb magic. Because when you look good, you feel good. And there's nothing more empowering than that. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger 
feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Let's get right back into it. When women make videos on social media about them or their kids narrowly escaping being hunted by would-be traffickers, they often go viral. That's because we've deemed it okay to talk about the perceived threat of strangers or the other. But what about when women talk about people they know abusing their power? People in their communities or in their own homes? Even though the actual threat is much more likely to be someone you know, not a stranger in a van, women are not always supported when we speak up about it. I do think as a society, it's okay for women and families to call out like quote unquote bad guys if they're scary monsters showing mm-hmm. up in a van. But if it's somebody that lives with somebody in your family, somebody in your church, somebody in your community, like we're pretty uncomfortable with women, you know, calling out people in those positions who abuse their power. But if, if yeah. somehow it's like totally fine if, if if you're thinking of it as like calling out a bad guy in a van. Yeah. And that's also that's another aspect of marginalization, right? That if it's a poor mother, maybe she's a single mom, maybe she's working two jobs and she doesn't see her kids that much. And she goes to some authority and she says, you know, I feel a little bit weird about this soccer coach. People might not believe her. They're like, ah, isn't she a bad mother anyway? Mm. Right. So at, at every level, marginalization makes it so much harder to address these problems because that just gives, you know, the priest is going to have a lot more credibility than the single mom who's not home as much as she'd like to be. So at every level, these are the things that we have to address and setting up formal systems to investigate these things and actual accountability mechanisms. So I, I keep saying it. I only have one argument on the show, but like we just need to do the boring stuff. Like <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was more interesting than that. No, it's so true. And, you know, you talk a little bit, you talked a bit about like zip ties on your car and people hiding under your car. Like what role do you think that local media and also law enforcement has to play in this? Because I've read articles where on its face, it would appear that a police officer or somebody in law enforcement has confirmed, yes, we saw this zip tie on the cars and this is a trafficking thing. But actually when you like dig, dig, dig a little deeper into it, you're like, okay, this police officer is confirming that, this person called the police and they came for this reason. But it's not actually, there's not actually any proof that like this was tied to, to tra- a trafficking attempt. What role do you think that journalists and law enforcement should play in making sure that these panics don't spin out of control? Ugh. One of the ones, I think it was last summer, maybe last fall, was these poor people had their wedding and they had some flowers left over from their wedding and they thought it would be cute to put them on people's car in a parking lot. And then people came out to their cars and found a flower and they freaked out. They're like, it's traffickers. I marked the traffickers are after me. And these poor people who were just trying to do something nice are like all of a sudden sort of smeared as traffickers. And what was amazing was the cops sort of like reinforced this. It's like, oh, you know, we've we've had threats recently of trafficking. You know, we've we've heard rumors of trafficking. And of course, the local media reinforces this, too, that, you know, trafficking is a huge problem in this area and it could happen to anyone, but not in this particular case. And there's no sort of attempt to debunk the meta myth here that people are staking you out in parking lots to kidnap you like that. Even even for like truly evil people, that doesn't make that much sense. Parking lots are really, really public and it's like broad daylight. And why would you leave a flower to like communicate with the other traffickers? Like just text the other traffickers. Like it doesn't make any sense on any level. But we get this weird credulity, especially around this issue that, you know, one of the 
tenets of journalism is you're supposed to do sort of both sides, right? We saw this for climate change for years, right? Like there's the people that say that climate change is real and then there's the whack jobs who say that it's not, but we have to put both of them on the air, right? But then weirdly, when it comes to trafficking and these other stranger danger myths, there's no need to speak to like actual sex workers who are like, uh, this is not how sex work works. There's no need to talk to actual child advocates or social workers. There's no need to talk to anybody who's skeptical of this. It's just like, well, cops say there's a bunch of trafficking out there, so let's just tell people that. So it's just really frustrating that there isn't the same level of scrutiny and the same journalistic standards applied to these kinds of stories that hit something like really deep within us of like, oh, this is the danger I have to worry about. Yeah, I think I hadn't even thought about that, but it's a good point. And I part of me wonders if it's a little bit of of hesitation because and and I struggle with this as well. You don't want to feel like you're invalidating somebody's experience, right? Like if somebody feels like like they were targeted or they were like something sketchy was going on. I want people to feel like that experience is okay to talk about. But I also don't want someone to use that experience to fuel something that's just not true. That's going to result in more harm. Right. And there's also, there are real cases of this happening. I mean, this is one of the challenges with moral panics is that most moral panics, they never come from nothing, right? We had this massive panic in the 1980s and 1990s about quote unquote stranger danger that, you know, kids were going to come and steal your kids. And like, there were some truly horrific, awful, heartbreaking cases where this really did happen. This is why, this is how we got all of these, you know, Jacob's Law and Megan's Law and all these laws that are named after kids and things like the Amber Alerts. So, there were real cases, but the problem is that these these very small number of truly heartbreaking, true cases get expanded into this massive national problem that we all need to be worried about. And it very quickly becomes this thing of like, well, if it saves one child, right, we can sacrifice our civil liberties, we can incarcerate a bunch of people on sort of spurious grounds if it saves one child. And one thing, you know, as somebody who is a urban cyclist and somebody who takes like urban safety very seriously, this is not a standard that we apply to the lives of children in other contexts, right? If you if you want to save the life of one child, you'd crack down on guns. Guns kill 3,000 kids a year. Cars kill 6,000 kids a year, right? You, you could make the speed limit in every single city 15 miles an hour throughout the country, and you would literally save the lives of like 1,500 kids because most kids are killed by speeding cars. But that's not a sacrifice that we're willing to make. Because that's something that I would have to sacrifice. I would have to, I would have to drive slower. Whereas whenever it comes to these, you know, if it saves the life of one child, these kinds of sacrifices, it's always somebody else who's going to make the sacrifice. It's somebody else who's going to go to jail. The, the effects of this are going to be inflicted on a societal outgroup. So this, this entire logic of like, you know, we must do this to save one child, that's great logic, but it's not a logic that we apply to any other social problem. Mm, that's so true. And I think... Yeah, I think the idea that the people who are going to be further criminalized, harmed by this, by like when we make laws, you know, kind of quickly, as long as it's not like me feeling that repercussion, you know, as long as it's someone else dealing with it, I think that we're much more comfortable with that. What can we do to avoid falling into moral panics, even ones that are like well-intentioned? Yeah. You know, how can we avoid this on on a wider scale? I I mean, I want to say, like, be careful with what you share. But, like, I'm not all that careful with what I share. Like, there's a lot of information out there. It's really hard. Like, people, you know, we shouldn't all be having to read the nutrition label on every single piece of information. I will say, just on these kinds of things, it's it's never strangers. It's never, like, these kinds of monomyths. Anything that looks like the sort of, remember the flashing your high beams 
gang initiation stuff. Those are totally bunk. Anything involving like random targeting of civilians, it's that really never happens. Anything with strangers kidnapping you in broad daylight. I think there's like certain categories of anecdotes that are just like, these ones never turn out to be true. So we should just stop sharing them. Like don't don't feel like you have to warn people about anything involving a parking lot. If, if a parking lot is involved, people are safe. <laughs> I mean, they're all like videotaped at this point. Exactly. Like <laughs> people are safe in parking lots. Just like leave the parking lots alone. It's yeah. fine. It's so funny because I went back and listened to the episode that y'all did about sex trafficking and the list of things that they tell young people to look out for that could be signs of trafficking. Things like if somebody is moody or if somebody all of a sudden starts dressing different or wearing different clothes or if they get a barcode tattoo. As somebody who grew up kind of, you know, gothy, goth adjacent, alti adjacent, I knew two different people who had barcode tattoos. Right. (laughs) All of the warning signs of trafficking are like teenage stuff. It's like, oh, she's moody or like, <laughs> like her taste in music changes. You're like, that's not a sign of trafficking. That's a sign of teenagerness. Yeah, it's a sign, a sign of adolescence. <laughs> yeah. So another, I mean, another like rule of thumb is just don't share anything involving trafficking, basically. Like, I think this, this word, this whole field is so tainted at this point that it's just not useful to share any of the viral post statistics. Like, until we know more, just like hold off on the trafficking stuff, gang. Yeah, that's that's great advice. I would also say, like, not that I think that any celebrities listen to this, listen to my podcast, but uh, when well-meaning celebrities get involved in a trafficking campaign, shut it down. Right. Like Ashton Kutcher, I'm sure you're a good guy. Don't use don't. It upsets me when I see celebrities who I'm sure like their heart is in the right place. But like getting involved in trafficking campaigns that are tied to specific legislation like sesta fosta it's like ooh, like it just does such a bad look on such a complicated issue yeah i think the biggest thing is that you know the trafficking field right now is this weird unholy alliance between very well-meaning celebrities and i think well-meaning people and not well-meaning mostly republican legislatures who want to use this as an excuse to crack down on immigration, to crack down on sex work, to crack down on children, anything that they perceive as posing a threat to children, which is mostly like trans people. Mm-hmm. So I think anytime we have any bills being pushed by these super Republican legislators, I think just like be careful with that stuff. Like anytime you have the religious right and the Republican Party pushing one of these bills, like just slow down (laughs) and like ask actual sex workers, like what is in this bill and are you in support of it? Like over and over again, we end up talking over the groups that actually get affected by this and just like know some sex workers, follow a bunch of sex workers online and see what they're mad about. And like, they are not mad about this kind of stuff. They're mad about the legislators that are trying to take their rights away again. There is so much to say about how we talk about trafficking online, especially on TikTok, where so many viral claims about trafficking take off. Next, we'll hear from Jessica, who goes by Bloodbath and Beyond on TikTok, about her use of TikTok to spread accurate information about trafficking. When we start drowning out that conversation, we're, we're not only are we not letting that get the spotlight where it really needs to be the forefront of this conversation, We are also hurting the actual victims directly themselves because we're creating this idea and this culture around what trafficking looks like and what the average victim looks like. So when a victim comes forward and says, I think I was sex trafficked or I need help, people are less inclined to believe them because we've created this narrative that most trafficking victims are innocent, upper middle class white women getting kidnapped from Target. 
If you've enjoyed this podcast, please help us grow by subscribing. Got a story about an interesting thing in tech or just want to say hi? We'd love to hear from you at hello at tangody.com. Disinformed is brought to you by There Are No Girls on the Internet. It's a production of iHeartRadio and Unbossed Creative. Jonathan Strickland is our executive producer. Tari Harrison is our supervising producer and engineer. Michael Amato is our contributing producer. I'm your host, Bridget Todd. For more great podcasts, check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, ladies, it's Bridget Todd. March is Women's History Month. Let's celebrate us. As women, we put our heart and soul into everything we do. Release the Pressure is here to help Black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. I'm inviting you to help us get 100,000 Black women to learn more about their heart health. Go to www.releasethepressure.org and take the pledge to prioritize your heart health. That's www.releasethepressure.org. You are valuable. Learn more about your heart health today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome.